All right, I'm live. What's up? How's it going? It is uh, January 24th, 2020. This is The Rational Live. I am going to go through a lot today, like usual. There's a lot of stories. Before I get to anything, I saw a super chat pop up, so let me just get that quickly. Um, Zachary Fluke says, haven't seen you yet today, David, but you're looking fly in that outfit. Prediction. (laughs) Well, thank you. The outfit today is just a simple... Uh, I was going to say white shirt. So clearly a black shirt. (laughs) I don't know why I I was going to say white. But simple black shirt today. um, Because, you know, it's Friday. I can't be wearing a a nice collared shirt every week. That's just too much. All right. So uh, what am I going to go over today? So uh, a lot here. I don't even know. I'm not going to touch everything. But um, uh, Warren's response to being asked about Hillary's comments about Sanders uh, cable news not being able to ignore Bernie's rise. Biden's campaign encouraging staffers to drive in unsafe conditions. <laughs> the headline of that story alone is just makes the whole thing. Um, dumb Twitter's fake outrage about Rogan's endorsement. We're going to go deep into that one. Um, and uh, it's going to be a positive story because I'm going to show you a lot of great reactions that people aren't focusing on enough. Because there, yes, of course, some dumb responses. But um, there's also a lot of, you know, uh, good takes on this. Uh, Trump admits that he's open to cutting Social Security and Medicare. This will be incredibly important in a general election, uh, unless, of course, he's going up against Biden, who also has a record of cutting Social Security and Medicare. But um, I'll get more into that. Kamala Harris considering a Biden endorsement. Of course. Um, Obama's campaign manager on MSNBC uh, attacking Bernie Sanders. What else? South Carolina official rescinds Biden endorsement in favor of Sanders. Uh, new Biden, or sorry, new Sanders campaign ads. Uh, Buttigieg has his please clap moment. <laughs> Looking forward to that one. And the polls of the week. There are too many. I collected too many links this week. There may be some repeats. I don't know. I haven't gone over them since I collected them. But um, Poland's looking good, which is why I'm in a great mood today. I mean, we're a week out, about a week and a half, no, a week and a few days from uh, Iowa. I'm feeling pretty good right now, but can't get your hopes up. Nothing has been done yet. Get on the ground, do the work. That's what matters. Uh, I'm feeling good except for this Band-Aid on my finger. I have cut my finger multiple times right on like where the <laughs> where the fingerprint is. means... I have a hard time. I had to switch the mouse button on my mouse. I'm using my my middle finger instead of my my uh, index finger. I can't play video games. It's a real problem, um, and it's it's weird because I have no idea how I cut it. It's cut multiple times, um, and it's really odd. I'm I'm almost afraid to take a bandaid off now, just in case I cut it by accident again without realizing it. But that's what I've been going through. Before I get to these stories, well, let me share this. This is an important story, not just because this, how NFL running back Justin Jackson became an unexpected star of the left. He's a great follow. Check him out. Um, Los Angeles Chargers player. But also because the Rational National got a mention. Can you believe it? I couldn't believe it. I was reading this article and I was not expecting to get mentioned here. I was just reading it because I enjoy um, I enjoy Justin. He's, a, he's definitely an engaged leftist on Twitter. But... um. Here I am. What's up with that? What? 
You kidding me? That's so cool. Uh, so basically saying that he checked out Kyle Klinsky's show, my show, The Young Turks, and that's kind of what helped um, Jackson to get more into politics. So awesome to see that. I also want to give a shout out here to the Benjamin Dixon show. Uh, he does a great show. Uh, he's doing morning live streams now. I checked one of them out. Uh, it's great stuff. He takes calls. Uh, and really good to say on this. Check it out. I, I love hearing Ben's, Ben's uh, perspective on, on issues. So if you don't subscribe to the Benjamin Dixon show, uh, check him out. Just search it on, on YouTube. You'll find it. All right. Let's get to the first story. As I prep it. So this is... Uh, I'm not sure if this is really a full story for me. But, you know, I start every stream off with something fun, usually. Um, so that's kind of what this falls under. But, uh, <laughs> all right, I just want to share this. So I want to show you the difference between Bernie Sanders and Donald Trump. And it only takes 16 seconds. So this uh, was shared by Cancel Sam. I've shared his tweets before. Uh, Samuel D. Finkelstein or Finkelstein um, he put this together uh, I think he did actually no, maybe he didn't but he shared it uh, but check out this this pretty much sums up Trump versus Bernie let's say you become the president when you leave office in one word what would you like your legacy to be a victory in one word what would you want to be known for? Compassion. Let's say you... There you go. Trump focused on victory. Just win, 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 win for himself. Bernie Sanders, compassion. That's what separates these two campaigns. And while I'm comparing the two here, I just want to share this, this, uh, this tweet Trump put out yesterday. A poll of radical left, do-nothing Democrats just came out in Florida. Nice results. So in this Florida poll, Trump is beating all of the Democrats, except what's going on here? I see Biden. I see Warren. I see Buttigieg. I see Bloomberg. I don't see Bernie Sanders. Maybe it's because Bernie Sanders, for whatever reason, was not included in this head-to-head -head matchup poll. But the one that he was included in... He destroys Donald Trump in Florida. 53% to 47. So <laughs> I just thought it was amazing to see Donald Trump be like, look, I'm beating everybody in Florida. But of course, you're going to ignore the poll where you're getting stomped by Bernie Sanders. So there you go. Those are the two campaigns in a nutshell. Now get to some serious stuff maybe Elizabeth Warren all right also yes of course I, I I forgot to do everything today I forgot to advertise my patreon page the rationalnational.com slash join uh, support the show YouTube has been demonetizing weird things recently uh, I had four or five videos demonetized this week um, I have no idea why, like it doesn't make any sense. Cause 
99% of the time they are remonetized after review, but reviewing videos now has been taking 24 to like 72 hours. So by the time that happens, all the views for that video has already been, you know, have already happened. Um, so supporting the show through Patreon is a lot of help, as well as Super Chats, YouTube memberships, PayPal. All the links are below the video in the description box. And on that note, I think I heard, because I get an audio notification when a Super Chat comes up. So yes, there's one here. Um, actually, I want to make sure I got, uh, I get them in order here. So one second. All right. Um, uh, Steven says, why it got to be white, LMAO. I don't know what that's referring to. <laughs> Bookie Winston says, looking forward to Bernie winning Iowa and New Hampshire. That's the hope. Uh, Mr. Marmello uh, from New Zealand sends a super chat. Thank you. Um, Joanne E. Bruno says, great work, kid. Bernie 2020. And a very generous super chat. Thank you, Joanne. All right, let me get to this next story. So Elizabeth Warren was on CBS this morning, and she was asked about Hillary Clinton's recent comments, or I should say her recent unhinged attacks on Bernie Sanders, saying that nobody likes him. And watch how Elizabeth Warren responds. Hillary Clinton said that no one likes Bernie Sanders and no one in the Senate wanted to work with him. Is she right? I'm not going there. Look... We are trying right now to manage an impeachment trial and at the same time to talk about why we're running for president. And for me, the two actually come together. I'm running for president because I see an America that keeps working better and better for those at the top and worse and worse for everyone else. So, Senator, that's corruption. It's about the influence of money. And that's a big part of what's at the heart of this impeachment trial. So, Senator, I want to get you on a campaign. So. Elizabeth Warren just deflects. If the roles were reversed, you know Bernie Sanders would be out here defending Elizabeth Warren. If Hillary Clinton said no one likes Elizabeth Warren, (laughs) you know Bernie Sanders would say that's absurd. I like Elizabeth Warren. Or maybe he would even say that's absurd. But he would say, well, all I can tell you is that I like her. Uh, She's worked with all of us in the Senate or whatever he would say. Like he would defend her. But here... Elizabeth Warren not even willing to say that she likes Bernie Sanders, even though they've worked together over, you know, the past uh, eight years or so. So this is just, it's sad. This is somebody who for a long time I saw as an ally in this, in this progressive fight, in this movement, in this Sanders movement. And now I don't know where to place her. I mean, at times it looks like she's trying to Uh, potentially open herself up to a a VP spot for Joe Biden because she wouldn't go after him on Social Security. Then eventually, I think she did actually finally uh, make a comment about Biden's poor record on Social Security. But ultimately, she hasn't really gone after Joe Biden, and she's gone after Bernie Sanders. So just looking at her actions, it makes you question, and, you know, responses like this, you have to question where her allegiance is. Does she actually care to fight for people, does she does she actually care to fight for progressive policy, or is she trying to you know be this this uh, politician where she's essentially focused on advancing her career over actually helping people? So I was just disappointed by this uh, response here, and I wanted to share it. I hear more super chats coming in. Let me get some of these. Gabby Alvarez says, "Was the four hundred dollars from the other day real?" <laughs> 
Uh, as far as I know, it was. So I did a live stream. Um, it wasn't a typical Friday live stream. I forget when, why I did a live stream now. This is how bad it's been. I work so much. Um, but I did some live stream that was random. And somebody sent me $420.69. <laughs> very, uh, uh, I guess, accurate, for lack of a better term, <laughs> donation. Um, and I guess it's real, but it was crazy. I could not believe I got a, I got a, a donation that big. Um, so I don't know. I think I, I have to wait and see for another month when um, YouTube pays out. But as far as I know, that was a real super chat, and I'm still kind of stunned by it. Uh, Nick sends a super chat in saying, do you think Bernie should be more aggressive? I think it depends on the context. I think, I think his response to Hillary Clinton actually was perfect. Him saying uh, that when he was questioned about uh, Hillary saying so, saying no, Hillary Clinton saying nobody likes him, he said, "Well, on a good day, my wife likes me." Like that really shows you somebody with strength. Like to me, that's a strong response because he's just completely pushing aside Hillary Clinton. And it's showing him that this, or it's showing everyone that this comment's just rolling off his back. Like he doesn't really care. He's making a joke out of it. So, in that scenario, I think that was good because if he came back and attacked Hillary Clinton, then the media would have made this huge thing about it. It would have been the, the entire focus. Uh, you know, the media would be saying, and not even just the media, but but people that that could be like on the line, potentially supporting Sanders, would be saying, "Well, Sanders is being divisive, going after Hillary Clinton here." Even though I know, given all the context, Hillary attacking first, it wouldn't make any sense. But still, people don't want to see their leaders in these um, in these fights with other political leaders. So Bernie having that comment roll off his back, I think, makes him look stronger, makes him look like more of a leader. So it really depends on the context. But when it comes to say going after going after Donald Trump, one hundred percent be aggressive, be be totally aggressive against Donald Trump because he's just an, an, an evil actor uh, on all fronts. Whereas Hillary Clinton, yes, an evil actor, <laughs> but She's not in power, right? Donald Trump is the one right now that has power. So I think it, it all depends on the context when you're uh, being aggressive. One more here. Um, Vib Hassam says, rank progressives in the race. No, no duplicate rank. Uh, rank progressives in the race. Okay, number one, Bernie Sanders. Number two, Bernie Sanders. Number three, Bernie Sanders. Number four, Bernie Sanders. Number five, Bernie Sanders. Uh... And that's it. <laughs> Why am I going to rank? There is no ranking. The ranking is Bernie, 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 Bernie. The focus is Bernie. Get Bernie the nomination. All right. Let's get... Why did I close that window? That was stupid. I'm going to have to go back there. All right. Actually, this since this is on topic, one more super chat. Hmm. <clears throat> Rolf Ganger says, hasn't Warren said, quote, I like Bernie, he's my friend like a million times in the past? Yeah. And now when it matters, she's not. Ever since the attack, ever since she launched this attack on him uh, right before the, the, the last debate, she hasn't been doing this. So I don't know where she is right now uh, on uh, this whole race on, on these issues. All right. What is next? Okay, this is kind of a laid-back segment for me, as you're going to see. It is weird having to use my middle finger for the mouse. I'm still not used to it. 
So since Bernie Sanders is doing very well in polling, even cable news can't ignore it. So I'm going to show you three different clips here, uh, one from MSNBC, two from CNN, that show you them actually acknowledging <laughs> Bernie's popularity. Uh, clips like this are rare, but they do happen. Different focus groups that we have done with so many different segments of the electorate. And even if it's a Republican, sometimes you'll hear, well, you know, I still really like Bernie Sanders. They can be a hardcore Trump supporter. I like Bernie Sanders. He's honest. I might disagree with his policy, but they see Bernie Sanders as honest. And we're seeing that wide appeal Right now, he's peaking at the right moment, and I agree with you. I, th I think given that in 2016, he came so close to winning in Iowa, if his organization really turns out, he's in a great position. Well, half the voters voted for him roughly last time. It was a squeaker, Donna, and if even half the half are still with him, and I think a lot more than that will still. Once you vote for somebody, you're probably going to do it again. And the other thing is two-thirds of the voters of Iowa are either very, identify themselves as liberal or very liberal. The, the, the moderate and conservative piece is only a third. So if Biden sweeps it, he only gets the three and 33. Bernie can get 33 by getting two thirds of the, of the third. So I, I, I'm a, I should ask you the question. Bernie, Bernie, Bernie right now. It seems to be hotter and hotter. Well, it does. And I do think that, you know, part of it, as Elise says, is really about his consistency. I think one thing that voters really appreciate is that you are who you are. And I think people are beginning to see that with, you know, with Bernie. Um, but the other thing that's still a concern for voters is can you really beat Donald Trump? And I think at the end of the day when they go into that booth and nobody's looking, it's not going to be a polling question. That's going to be the question, the last question they ask themselves before yeah. they cast it ballot. I wonder whether this whole impeachment question, I want to get back to the other panel members, has changed the question away a bit uh, from who can beat Trump to what do we think of Trump right now? How mad are we at Trump right now? And maybe something something's going on here because Bernie is rising. I, I we all know this. It's, he's rising. He is rising. <laughs> so a few comments here. It's just it's funny to see these people so just now realizing it. Like how long have I been talking about Bernie's ability to be the nominee in 2020? Since he lost in 2016, I've been talking about this. All you have to do is look at the power of his movement. The, the fact that he was able to close a 60-point gap to Hillary Clinton in in the primary in 2016. I mean, if that primary lasted like two months longer, I think he would have won. So it it's all about like him having that was really the the, the beginning, and him being able to build that uh, for four years up till now. Like it's just it's amazing. These people are paid millions of dollars, and they didn't see this coming, and they're all just surprised that that Bernie has this kind of support that he's able to speak to people of of um you know. All different kinds of uh, political ideas, like or, or or political, um, you know, allegiances. Like Bernie really has this cross appeal, and a lot of it is because he's also able to speak speak to people that are largely apolitical, people that aren't really into politics all that much, because generally they've seen politic uh, politicians just lie to their faces over and over and over again. But then they see someone like Bernie Sanders, and they can go back to the '80s, and he's saying the exact same thing that he's saying now. That is so rare in a politician. That kind of authenticity, that kind of consistency is so incredibly rare. And they touch on that here. But then, of course, they have to go to a, the electability argument and act like, oh, but is he electable? I mean, I think voters are really worried about electability right now. I mean, 
<laughs> what else is there to say? How many times do I have to talk about Bernie's electability? He's able to bring people out that don't normally vote. So the people that came out in 2016 will come out in 2020 regardless to vote against Donald Trump. But Bernie is able to appeal to people that did not come out in 2016. Young voters, progressive independents, typical non-voters, working class people. He's able to speak to this large group of people that don't normally vote, like 40% of the country that doesn't normally vote. He can bring a lot of those people out in a general election. That is his strength. He is the most electable candidate in this race, and it's not even close. Let's get to the next clip shared by Case Study QB. This is uh, CNN. And I think your point about the undecideds is key. I mean, I think what we see in a lot of this information is Bernie Sanders is consolidating uh, that liberal base right now in a really important way. And uh, in our national poll this week, you know, we had seen month after month battling it out with Warren. Now he's actually got a pretty significant advantage. And I think a lot of those undecided voters, as they're thinking about, again, their number one priority, they tell us all the time on the trail when we're out there reporting, a Trump defeater. We want to find somebody that can beat Donald Trump. And that has been a Joe Biden advantage. And maybe now it's also becoming a Bernie Sanders advantage for those like-minded Democrats on that side of the party with Bernie. And Bernie Sanders has a lot of money. Mm-hmm. No doubt. So the he can, he, right. The ability, From this gives small him the ability. individual donors. Nothing succeeds yeah. like success, as right. they say. And if people think you're the front runner, they may jump on board. And he's got, while well, he's here in D.C., he has a lot of money. To and he's been unloading that money on it, television screens in Iowa been. and New Hampshire. Exactly. And he's got a fairly diverse coalition. You remember last go-round, uh, he had trouble gaining uh, support from African-Americans, support uh, from Latinos as well. Uh, this time, he's doing much better. Young folks also like him. Uh, so this looks like a candidate. I mean, he wasn't able to do it last go-round, uh, but he's got much more of a broad coalition than he had before. I'm just saying, impeachment is Bernie Sanders' best friends because it is sucking the air out of everything. And if you have the momentum and everything gets sucked up, the inertia mm. carries you. That's and right. So he's, he's in a great place right now just to let things mm-hmm. drift in his direction until next Tuesday. It's a smart observation because it's not where the poll numbers are. It's where, they're, it's where they're going. They're even Rick Santorum. <laughs> even Rick Santorum gets it right. So this has actually been a, I guess, unseen benefit of impeachment is that because Bernie's ground game is so strong, because he has so much grassroots support and incredible surrogates like AOC, like uh, Michael Moore, like Ilhan Omar, like Rashida Tlaib, like Nina Turner, he's able to be stuck in the Senate during this impeachment trial, and it's not going to impact him because he has all of this incredible on-the-ground support built in. Whereas it's going to hurt Elizabeth Warren because she doesn't have that, that same kind of support that he does. So... This is, and also in addition to that, the media being so focused on on the impeachment trial means that they have less time to manufacture attacks on Bernie Sanders. So it's actually been beneficial to him. One more clip, also from CNN and also from Case Study QB. This is, uh, <laughs> let me just play it and then I'll, I'll react. All right. In terms of the Democratic primary, yes. there is more polling, more signs that things are going well for Bernie Sanders. Th- things are going very, very well for Bernie Sanders. Look at this. In New Hampshire, the, sec- the second contest, the first primary, look at this. Now he's up to 29%, clearly leading the field. That's up 14, 14 points. That is a surge going way, way up there. Bernie Sanders in New Hampshire, remember he won it last time, not out of the question he wins it again. In fact, he is favored there right now. Something's surging. 
Uh, how about Iowa? <laughs> Take a look here. Iowa. I don't think you could say that on TV. Oh, yeah, uh, you just did say it. Energy just level. Look energy at this. Level. In Iowa, take a look here. You know the average of the last CNN poll, the Monmouth U poll. What do we see? Bernie Sanders up five points. Pete Buttigieg going down into the basement in Iowa, falling down, falling through the cracks. So it's another early state. You win Iowa and you win New Hampshire. That's a very tough train to really stop. And we also see it. We spoke about it yesterday nationally. From late October, in Harry's average, up from 16% in late October, up to 21% now. So Iowa, New Hampshire, Iowa, Bernie Sanders up in all of them. And that, my friends, is a sign of a surge. Something is happening in the Democratic primary. Just to say this again, you can imagine Bernie Sanders winning both Iowa and New Hampshire. And candidates who do that usually go on to win the nom nomination. <laughs> so I got to say... That guy's enthusiasm uh, was pretty awesome. <laughs> you don't normally see that when Bernie Sanders is doing well. Um, but everything there was, yeah, just spot on. He's looking really well in the polls right now in the early states. If he wins Iowa and wins New Hampshire, that will add to his momentum. So this is also what's important, not even just about him winning those states, but about coverage like this, showing polls like this, is that a lot of people are still undecided voters. People that are largely apolitical, but they want to hitch the ride to the winning candidate. So if they see, hey, Bernie Sanders is doing well, well, I, I like Bernie Sanders. He has the highest favorables, so most people like Bernie Sanders. Uh, I like Bernie Sanders, so I guess I'm going to support him because he, he's the winner. Like, that's how people think. In 2016, a lot of Hillary support came from that. People thought, well, she's going to win anyways. I might as well back the winner. And they, they endorsed her or they, they voted for her in the primary. So if you have that now working in Bernie's favor... You are going to bring in a lot of undecided voters. So that's why coverage like this is important. And especially if he wins these states, I mean, obviously even more important. So let's hope he can uh, do as well in the early states as it's looking right now. All right. Let me get some uh, super chats here. I'm hearing a lot of super chats come in. Loving the support. Thank you so much. All right, uh, Project XL sends a super chat in. Thank you, Project. Uh, Tron Dine says, David, what can you tell us about that tax bill pushback on Trump that AOC voted no on? Why did she vote no? No one talked about this. Tax bill pushback on Trump that AOC voted no. I honestly don't know what you're talking about, so I have to look into it. Um, Polly Fufu says, what in your opinion is the reason the conservatives regularly attempt to cut Social Security and Medicare? Makes no sense to me. Thanks, Bernie 2020. Well, they want smaller government. I mean, that's what that's what it is. So they're conservative. They're conservative ideals. They're wealthy people generally, so they don't need Social Security. They don't they don't really need Medicare. They're able to cut these things and it's fine for them. So that's ultimately what this is about. They like small government. They're focused on small government. So they're going to try and, and keep uh, cutting it, even though they know it's incredibly unpopular to do so, so they're not really going to talk about it too much uh, or ever, <laughs> but they'll quietly do it if they can. Um, Nerdy Girl 13 says, I think, oh, generous super chat, thank you. Says, I think Trump being elected has done nothing but fuel Bernie's campaign. Uh, anyone else worried about acts of violence pushback from Trump supporters when Bernie is elected? There's always worry of... Um, the reality is the Trump base is actually pretty small, but they're a vocal minority. And he was able to win in 2016 because he was able to trick enough people 
that were on the margins that were tired of this two-party system, tired of the standard politician. So they backed Trump or they stayed home um, over voting for Hillary Clinton. So look, acts of violence, regardless of, of anything, are always a potential, but it's not something worth really dwelling on. Um, but I do agree with you that I think um, uh, Trump being elected has somewhat helped Bernie's campaign in, in a way because it kind of shows people the Hillary way, the you know, uh, campaigning on 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 being a moderate, being somewhat centrist. Really, she's she's right wing, but it, doing that's not going to win. It's not going to work. You need to be uh, progressive. You need to actually speak speak to people's issues to to be able to win elections. <clears throat> that said, like. I just want to make clear, I don't think it was worth it. Like a lot of people were negatively impacted by Trump being president. A lot of people, especially marginalized communities. So it's not at all worth it that that Trump won um, to maybe, you know, boost Bernie's argument a little bit. It's it's completely not worth it. Uh, I always say, I mean, yeah, you know. Uh, Chuck Zlatkin says, will the leadership, generous super chat, says, will the leadership of the Democrats rather have a second Trump term than have to deal with a Bernie Sanders presidency? I think some would prefer that. Uh, it depends on the politician, depends on who you're talking about. Uh, Hillary Clinton, I think there's a potential she may actually prefer Donald Trump over Bernie Sanders because she is so self-absorbed that if Bernie won, it would show that she was the wrong person to put up in 2016 and her ego is you know it's too big for that so i think she would actually prefer bernie lose to trump um but nancy pelosi maybe chuck schumer uh i would say chuck schumer no um he's enough of a like a back and forth kind of dude where i think he just kind of goes where the wind blows um but he needs to feel the pressure but um a lot of people that make a lot of money, like consultants, Democratic consultants, absolutely, they don't want Bernie Sanders to win because that's how they make their money is doing what they're doing right now, um, supporting the uh, the standard, you know, corporate friendly Democratic uh, politicians. Uh, hefty Hefty sends a super chat saying, "How to vote if Biden, etc., wins? We can't change the party if they win using media to crush people like Bernie." Um, I live in a red state, uh, Alabama, so my vote won't matter. Um, so. I don't know. I uh I don't think it's worth having a discussion about Biden winning the nomination because honestly I don't think that's going to happen. Um I prefer to take these things as they come. So I don't think it's worth having discussion uh, like uh, I don't think it's worth having a, a, hyp- a hypothetical discussion about that right now. Um Okanagan Summers says any thoughts on what changes coming for Canada when Bernie becomes president? I don't know. <laughs> I mean that's a it's kind of a broad but tough question to answer. Uh look, ultimately if something like Medicare for all passes, also by the way, thank you for the generous super chat. If Medicare for all passes, which guarantees dental care to Americans, we don't have dental care guaranteed to us in Canada. So if all of a sudden Americans now have dental care and we don't in Canada, you can bet uh, even potentially the conservative party would be pushing for a dental, a, a universal dental care system in, in Canada, because what, what would the argument against it be? Like once America has something, Canada is going to get it pretty quickly. So there can be that direct uh, benefit. But ultimately, look, Bernie's ability to be a humanitarian leader on the world stage, as opposed to a leader who is, you know, all about being controlled by the military industrial complex. I mean, that alone 
is a massive shift in how uh, global politics would operate. So that doesn't really just you know affect Canada, but affects the world uh, all around. Project XL says, I think he was smart in apologizing. Uh, watch Tim Black. All right, I haven't seen Tim Black's argument, but um, oh, you mean Bernie apologizing for Biden? For Biden being called corrupt? See, I don't know if I agree with that. There wasn't even much. So I don't know. For people that, that don't know that story, Zephyr Teachout, someone that backed um, a, a surrogate for Bernie Sanders, a very progressive left winger in, in New York, she uh, put an article out in The Guardian calling Joe Biden corrupt. And she gave real examples of why he is corrupt. Joe Biden is 100% corrupt. And I didn't even see the pushback on on the Bernie campaign on this. I guess there was pushback. I never saw it. But then Bernie came out the next day and apologized, uh, saying that Joe Biden is not corrupt. He's my friend. Like, it's just, it was stupid. I, I think it was stupid. I think it was pointless because Joe Biden's obviously corrupt. And then, and then what happens the next day or that day? Joe Biden's campaign puts out a negative attack ad against Bernie Sanders after he apologized, after Bernie apologized. So you can't give these people an inch. Like, if somebody is corrupt, he is corrupt. Joe Biden is corrupt. That is a fact. So Bernie Sanders essentially is lying to us by saying, no, he's not corrupt. So I completely disagree with Bernie Sanders on that and, and the campaign. And I'm a huge Bernie supporter, obviously. But when it came to that situation, no, Joe Biden is corrupt. You do not apologize for saying that. Uh, Gabriel Bell, uh, generous super chat says, I have experienced same finger cut mystery. <laughs> really? Turns out when I was screwing on a brass fitting under my sink, it was secretly so sharp. I was cutting my finger without noticing when tightening by hand. Hmm. I have, I haven't, uh, I've tightened some things in my house actually, in, in, or in my apartment. Um, so maybe... <laughs> maybe that's how I cut myself but something I noticed as well uh I was chopping onions and I put my finger on on top of the knife the part that's not sharp obviously um and I was cutting my finger doing that so I'm not sure if my index finger on this hand is like you know incredibly soft for whatever reason just this finger because I've never had this issue anywhere else but uh definitely I mean there are so many ways I could have cut my finger. I just feel like, why didn't I feel it when I cut it? Like, why didn't I notice it? That's what really confuses me. But who knows? All right. Let me um, get back to the stories here. I got consumed in Super Chats. I'll get to those. I'll get to more later. All right. I just want to, sh this is, a, I guess, sort of a story. No, it's definitely a story, but I didn't really prep much for this. But I'm going to share this. <clears throat> so the Joe Biden campaign is encouraging staffers to drive in unsafe conditions. This story is both funny and sad. So I want to show you uh, this tweet from uh, Ken Klippenstein that, that breaks it down. So he tweets out here. The Biden campaign pushed its Iowa staffers to drive in hazardous conditions, telling them, quote, if it feels like unsafe driving conditions, then talk to me separately. But frankly, I don't want to hear any complaints <laughs> because you know how important this is. This is absurd. So he wrote an article on this in The Nation. But let me just show you the, the messages here because this pretty much tells you everything. So uh, Kay Glad is messaging staffers here saying, uh, 
Hey guys, all weather policy is dissolved throughout the entire state because we have five weeks left until the election. If it feels like unsafe driving conditions, then talk to me separately. But quite frankly, I don't want to hear any complaints because you know how important this is and how much time we have left. By showing an ability to be, in a, uh, to be adaptable, flexible, and willing, and willing to what you've been hired to do, then that is the most basic threshold of demonstrating your ability of leading others. Every single day is an audition for post-Iowa. This is gross. This is really, really gross. Risk your life because you may have a job after Iowa. It's honestly disgusting, but it's also funny because this is just like to see this out of a Democratic campaign that is supposed to care about workers. You know, Joe Biden really cares about working people. And this is the kind of crap that they're telling staffers. Uh, just disgusting. But I guess you could say it's not all surprising for uh to expect this out of Joe Biden, who his entire career is about pretending to be working class when he is not. Okay, here's your quick story. That's like a one minute story. Let me get to something else. Mm, okay, let's let's do the Rogan stuff. Why? <laughs> Why? I got to cover this because it's being covered so much. Not even being covered so much, but it's being it's being blown up into something it's not. But um, sorry, a lot of tweets I'm going to share in this one. So I'm maybe too many tweets I'm sharing here. But I want to show you the uh, the breadth of the reaction to this. Jesus, yeah, actually, <laughs> I actually maybe do have to. I collected a lot of tweets. Uh, as you're going to see. But there's... I don't know, if you haven't followed this Rogan-Bernie stuff, I'll intro the whole thing. But there were a lot of good responses um, from people who aren't taking any of this BS. Just because, like... I'm so tired of, of you know, woke, neoliberal crap um, being put on the left. Because it's generally not the left. It's people in the center that are uh, taking these absurd positions about how you can't talk to anybody who disagrees with you on issues. Like, yeah. Anyways, I don't want to say all my feelings before I start the segment. Okay. Yeah, I have like 20 tweets here to share. But, you know, that's how it goes. So the internet is once again on fire. Joe Rogan said he would likely vote for Bernie Sanders in the Democratic primary in California. Um, Bernie Sanders put that into a video and shared it out uh, online on social media. And this is where the insanity ensued. So there is outrage about the fact that Bernie Sanders shared this support from Joe Rogan. Now, I'm going to show you some of the outrage, but I, I really want to focus on the blowback to the outrage showing you how absurd the outrage is. So first, let me show you the outrage. So here's one example here. Carlos Maza, who honestly I agree with uh, on a lot. Um, I've retweeted him before. I've liked his tweets all the time. But he tweets out here, 
Bernie's campaign cutting a campaign ad with Joe Rogan uh, effing sucks. Rogan is an incredibly influential bigot, and Democrats should be should be marginalizing him. Now, how do you marginalize somebody with millions and millions, millions and millions of listeners and viewers? It's the same dumb argument that people used against Bernie Sanders when he went on Fox News. Like, oh, you're platforming Fox News. Really? You're platforming Fox News, <laughs> the most popular cable news station in the country? Like, at some point, you have to engage with these audiences. You can't just ignore them and act like they don't exist. Rogan has a huge audience. He's, he has one of, if not the most popular podcast in the entire country, both on YouTube and on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Play. Like, he, everybody listens to him. And it's, it's people that aren't, like, a lot of these people, like, his audience is, are, are regular people. Like, it's, it's not just one segment of, a, of, a, of an audience. He has people like me who are very political that watch his show or listen to his show. He has people that are completely apolitical that, that listen to his show. Um, he has a very diverse base. The idea that you can ignore Joe Rogan's audience is crazy. So let's push that aside. Let me show you another outrage uh, reaction here. This from uh, Sadie Doyle or Sadie Doyle. Uh, Joe Rogan also had friendly interviews with Milo Yiannopoulos and Jordan Peterson, yelled, quote, you're a effing man on air about a trans woman, vocally argued against allowing trans kids puberty blockers this year, said uh, the F word, uh, and believes the world is stacked against men. So enjoy. Is that part of the endorsement? Did Bernie Sanders come out and say, I agree with Joe Rogan on everything he has ever said? <laughs> no, Rogan is giving in to the Bernie Sanders platform. So it's one thing, like if Bernie Sanders had to come out and say, you know what, we've got to change our platform to get Joe Rogan on and, and support us, then that would be a problem. But that's not what's happening here. What's happening here is that Joe Rogan, his politics are changing. He is supporting Bernie Sanders. That's how you win people. That's how you win elections. You have to be able to speak to people who are largely apolitical, uh, apolitical who largely aren't really into politics, but you can get them with your message. Your message of 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 uh, of compassion, of of supporting policies that will actually lift people up. So, Joe Rogan here is the one giving in to Bernie Sanders, not the other way around. So let me show you some better responses to this. Uh, as you can see here, I have a lot of tweets to share, but I saw a lot of great tweets. So I want to uh, get to all of them. Um. This one says, uh, oh, God, I just saw a cis gay liberal say we should stop supporting Sanders over the Rogan thing. I'm going to re remove my skin and go live under a boulder in the mountains. I'm only going to say it once. Uh, dude, Bernie is the only candidate who adequately supports trans people. God, God, I just don't want it to be effing legal anymore for me to be turned away from a hospital because I'm trans. Like, do you realize the reality we live in? Do you comprehend? So this points to something really important. Bernie Sanders' campaign, uh, under his Medicare for All plan, it guarantees trans health. So if you care, if you actually care about the community, if you actually care about, about offering you know, material benefit to people's lives, then you would see the importance of passing Medicare for All. And only Bernie Sanders is dedicated to passing Medicare for All. Next comment. Ryan Grimm tweets out, Rogan is part of our politics and has millions of people who listen to him. Nothing you do can change that. You can either have him in the Sanders tent in conversation with people with decent values or cast him out into the arms of Trump. The latter will do far more harm. Uh, harm. 
Exactly. Rob Russo tweets out, Personally, I am of the opinion that when your political message begins to appeal to people with reactionary social views without watering down that part of your program in any way, that is, in fact, good. Exactly. This speaks to what I was saying earlier. Sanders didn't have to water down any of his platform to get Rogan support. Rogan just supports it. His politics are changing, which also means his massive audience will hear that. And you're also seeing that in his guests as well. Like, there was a while there that I definitely stopped watching Joe Rogan's show because he was having on, you know, dumb guest after dumb guest and I couldn't take it anymore. <laughs> but now more recently, he's been having on better guests. So I do, th- I am seeing, and look, I'm sure he'll have on some idiots again, 100%. But I do see in a way his politics changing. I see his worldview changing. I see his his awareness of his power uh, changing. I think for a long time, and maybe even still you could say, Rogan isn't quite aware of the impact of his platform. Um, he generally does a show that, uh, you know, he does the show that he likes without thinking about how that may impact people. So when you bring on, you know, someone like Steven Crowder, who just is completely an idiot, um, Rogan doesn't see that it's not just him having a conversation with, with Steven Crowder. It's you are platforming Steven Crowder for a massive audience. Like that, that is the issue with uh, Joe Rogan's show uh, historically. But I think he's getting better um, when it comes to picking guests. Next one, Matt Bender. Uh, I've long covered the far right and have been extremely critical of Rogan over the years. The problem with Rogan was always that his show was a gateway to the right. And if that gateway is now funneling people the other way, then that's a very good thing. Agreed. Uh, Goth Miss uh, Miss Frizzle. Last thing I'm going to say about it today, but the liberals clutching... Excuse me. Last thing I'm going to say about it today... But the liberals clutching pearls over this endorsement are the same people that have spent the past four years pontificating about the need to court reasonable Republicans. Yep. Uh, Terrible rat. I'm trans and realize that Joe Rogan endorsing Bernie is a good thing for the simple fact that he is one of the most influential voices in America. That's not a joke. He is more influential than some A-list celebs. In politics, you got to take what you can get and fight like hell. Michelle Goldberg, Bernie is not my candidate, but it seems obvious to me that he was right to take the Joe Rogan endorsement. One premise of his campaign is that he can win some number of alienated men with reactionary social views to the left, and this is proof of concept. Mike from PA, Joe Rogan has expressed clearly transphobic views in the past. However, the ultimate expression of political power must uh, political power most people exercise in this system is their vote. By voting for and advocating on behalf of Bernie Sanders, Joe Rogan is beginning to undo that harm. We're winning. Nomi Kikonst. Centrist, we need to appeal to Republicans to win. Also centrist, Bernie is a devil. (laughs) The devil uh, incarnate for attracting disaffected Republicans and independents. Heidi Matthews. uh, Yeah, but Joe Rogan never lied America into a war. Hashtag New York Times endorsement. Heidi Matthews was the first person I saw to make this point. This is a great point. The New York Times has never seen a war they didn't like, and they endorsed Amy Klobuchar and Elizabeth Warren. Isn't that a lot worse than Joe Rogan saying, I'm going to likely vote for Bernie Sanders? Like, people need to really understand um, <laughs> the, 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 uh, the differences here between the New York Times and, and Rogan. New York Times has done a lot more damage, a lot more damage, than Joe Rogan ever did. 
uh, West in Japan. I can't stand Joe Rogan. I've also spent more time in combat sports gyms over the last decade than most any of you who are reading this. And I can say he is insanely influential amongst people who need to be pulled back from the right wing politics right now. So there you go. And that is true. So while Rogan's audience is wide, he definitely has a lot of people, you know, that are in combat sports gyms, <laughs> for example, um, that that listen to Rogan. And these are the kinds of people that you want supporting uh, Bernie Sanders because you were able to change their minds. Like this is not about, you know, it's not about welcoming dumb views into the movement. It's about welcoming this vote and then helping to change their minds on the dumb views that they have. A couple more here. Um, Aisha Ahmed, Joe Rogan is what most Americans are like. Curious, not super engaged in the nuts and bolts of, of the political process, politically incorrect, but not maliciously so. If you think Bernie shouldn't have celebrated his endorsement, you are not ready to fight for someone you don't know. And the last tweet here is mine. <laughs> because this is a... Sometimes I'm better at forming opinions in writing than I am speaking them out loud. Uh, people have this weird assumption that everyone has a fully formed opinion on the things they do. No, people often form dumb opinions off morsels of misinformation. They are not evil people. They are people whose minds you change by engaging with them. So this goes to the point that I was making earlier. To change people's minds, like the Rogan audience, the part of the Rogan audience that has reactionary you know, social politics, you have to actually engage with them. You're not going to change their minds by marginalizing them. That doesn't work. So there is nothing wrong with this endorsement, and don't let anybody tell you so. <clears throat> All right. Let me take some super chats right now. Michael Cuomo says, not to jinx it, but do one think Bernie Sanders should swear the oath on the Constitution instead of on the Bible like Quincy Adams did, or is it trivial? Um... I don't even have an opinion on this. I, all this stuff to me is so symbolic. Like I, when it comes to symbolism, like this kind of symbolism, I don't really care. Um, I don't care either way. Uh, Darwin Hawk says Bernie's uh, superpower radiates from his humility and humanity, from humbly including and re and respecting any and all people who share similar sufferings, issues, hopes, and dreams, which ultimately transcends politics. Nicely said. Um, and thank you for the, uh, for the big super chat. Henry Volt says, despite Bernie's rise, this is no reason to rest on our laurels. Until he wins the nomination, we got to keep canvassing and phone banking. 100%. So, I mean, when I cover positive news, when it comes to, you know, Bernie doing well in polls, whatever, for me, that, that is motivational. Like, I don't get motivated by negativity. I know some people do. I don't. So I get motivated by seeing good news. Oh, Bernie's doing well. That means all this work, phone banking, canvassing is paying off. It doesn't mean stop doing that work. It means continue doing it because it's actually working. But um, it is good to be reminded of that, just uh, so people know. Uh, Tim Mammel says, different subject. Do you plan on covering changes, sorry, charges brought against journalism, Glenn Greenwald? I covered it the day it happened. So ch uh, check it out a few days ago. Um, yeah, I already covered it. Uh, J-Rock says, hey, David, working in the office and my cousin Jess and I have you playing from two different desks. <laughs> we love these Friday shows. Shout out, brother. That's awesome. I love that. Uh, thank you, J-Rocks. Um, Paul Cooper says, will Trump debate Bernie or just skip debates? 
So this was something that came up in 2016 as well about this question, of, will Trump debate Hillary Clinton? He ended up debating Hillary Clinton. Um, look, honestly, Trump loses either way. <laughs> so he can skip the debate and look like, you know, a wimp, or he can engage in the debate and lose to Bernie. Either way, he's not going to win. So ultimately, it doesn't really matter. Um, but of course, I want to see him in the debate. I want to see those two debates just because it'll be entertaining. But um, I think Trump loses either way. Shelby Hall says, uh, Zephyr is a constitutional scholar. No way her and Bernie weren't on the same page. She knows to pick her words purposefully. It sets Biden up to walk into the trap and Bernie was ready with ads. Sure. But the, the apology, Bernie's apology was unnecessary in that whole thing. Um, because Biden attacked him. So, I mean, it's possible. I mean, likely Biden would have attacked Bernie anyways. So the apology, Bernie's apology wasn't necessary in that whole thing. But then again, I guess you could, I mean, look, you can make the argument that Bernie came, uh, Bernie came out of this looking on top, uh, even though he wasn't the one that wrote the article. So like, this is my issue with the apology. It wasn't even him. It was Zephyr Teachout, a surrogate, and she is mentioning facts about Biden and how Biden is definitely corrupt. Um, so the only way that Bernie maybe looks good in this is that Biden attacked Bernie anyways, even after he apologized. And that led to that amazing moment where, where Biden lost his mind going, why, 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 why? On that, on that reporter that was asking him about why he was attacking Bernie Sanders after he apologized. So look, we didn't know, obviously that, that video clip was going to come out of it. So you could say that was a benefit to Bernie apologizing. Was it Biden going nuts? Um, but that isn't something you could plan. Uh, so I, I still don't know if I would have apologized. Uh, Zachary Vieira, very generous super chat, 50 bucks. Damn. Uh, thank you, Zachary. Uh, Michael Pro... I can't do your name, sorry. Uh, <laughs> Michael something says, David, thank you so much for all the objective uh, systemic coverage of political issues. You brought me into politics. P.S. Boris Johnson equals sinister minister. All right. I agree with you there. Thank you, Michael. Um, Evan Brown says, if we had, if we held everyone to the same standard, we wouldn't have any friends. Joe isn't always right, but if you watch, he's a good dude that does mean well. A hundred percent. Like that's also what matters here. Like, it's not like Joe Rogan's podcast is the hate trans people podcast. Like it's, that's not his, like that isn't his thing. He, he's made some definitely transphobic comments before 100%, but that isn't like his thing. That isn't what he does. Um, and I do agree with you that he generally does mean well. Uh, that said, he shouldn't platform some people that he platforms. But ultimately, the endorsement is 100% a positive thing. Bernie tweeting it out is a positive thing. I see no uh, issue with it. The Progressive Voice says, Hey, bro, could, uh, could I get a plug? YouTube is starting to railroad my channel. Well, before I give you a plug, Progressive Voice, I distinctly remember you tweeting something about me yesterday. That I'm going to share with everybody to show you how dishonest progressive voices. I think I think progressive voice is a DNC plant. Um, but one second, I'll I'll give you a shout out. I'll give you a shout out. Here we go. Check out this. This was yesterday. Progressive Voice tweeted out, Am I the only one who is suspicious of David Dole? Can't even spell the name right. 
He's obviously a Canadian plant. LMAO. He definitely has ties to the Trudeau family. <laughs> Just saw a video of him from 2013 saying he can't wait till Hillary is president. Uh, he's here to divide the progressives. I don't know if, if I should give you a shout out, progressive voice. Sounds like you're the one making crap up and dividing the progressives. But um, but sure, I'll be a nice guy. Check out Progressive Voices channel. I guess he's being railroaded now, though. 52,000 subs clearly saw some growth here. So check that out. Um, he's doing a lot of good stuff now. A lot of political videos. Check him out. He has good work. Uh, progressive Voice. You know where to find him. The Progressive Voice. All right. Let me stop there. I'll get back to Super Chats after the next story. This feels like it may be a long stream today. Maybe not. We'll see. We'll see how how quickly these stories go by. We're at 2,000 viewers right now. Awesome. 2,000 concurrent viewers. All right. <clears throat> well, there's a real delay. I just caught a clip of me live on the YouTube stream, and it's like at least a minute behind. All right. So Donald Trump recently admitted that he is open to cutting Social Security and Medicare. Now, this is in contrast to Bernie Sanders, who was a lifelong record of fighting to expand Social Security and Medicare. So first, let me show you the uh, Donald Trump clip. I dare. One last question. Go ahead. Entitlements ever be on your plane? Uh, at some point, they will be. We have tremendous growth. We're going to have tremendous growth. This next year, it'll be toward the end of the year. The growth is going to be incredible. And at the right time, we will take a look at that. You know, that's actually the easiest of all things, if you look. Because it's such if you're a big willing percentage. to do some of the things that you said you wouldn't do in the past, though, in terms of well, Medicare. Well, we're going to look. We also have uh, assets that we never had. I mean, we never had growth like this. We never had a consumer that was taken in through d different means over ten thousand dollars a family. We never had the kind of uh, the kind of things that we. So, you saw him. Now, there's potential here <laughs> that Donald Trump didn't understand the question. But I'm going to I'm going to show you in a minute why it doesn't matter, anyways. But Clearly here, I mean, if he understood the question, I think it's clear that he's saying, yeah, everything's on the table. We're open to, to cutting it all. Um, even though on the campaign trail in 2016, he said, we're not going to cut your, your Social Security. We're not going to cut your, your Medicare. Total liar. Uh, clearly, he's open to it if he understood the question. But even if he didn't understand the question, I'll show you why in a minute why it doesn't matter. Uh, first, Donald Trump's response here. Clearly, he saw uh, that video blowing up. So he goes online to tweet out, Democrats are going to destroy your Social Security. I have totally left it alone, as promised, and will save it. Not true. So even though Trump there said um, it's on the plate for the future, it's already on the plate. It's already been on the plate. Check this out. Bernie Sanders tweeted out in response to Donald Trump, showing you again why Bernie Sanders is the strongest to go up against Trump. He's a fighter. Tweets out this headline here from, uh, I believe this is Vox.com. Trump said he wouldn't cut Medicaid, Social Security, and Medicare. His 2020 budget cuts all three. So, he's already done it. 
<laughs> and you have the potential here. Bernie Sanders is the one candidate that has a 40-year record of fighting for Social Security, fighting for Medicare, wants to expand it to Medicare for all. I mean, you put that record up against Donald Trump, who has cut it and wants to continue cutting it. That's it. You're going to win over. Bernie has the potential here to, to win over a lot of voters that maybe were fooled by Trump in, in 2016. So on the other side of that, you put up Joe Biden. <laughs> I had You saw my video, maybe, of, of Joe Biden's record on Social Security. There are five different video clips of him talking about freezing, cutting Social Security. Um, there, he has a 40-year record, Joe Biden does, of, of cutting Social Security or fighting to cut it and of balanced budgets. I mean, I went into all that in a recent video. If you haven't seen that, go check my recent videos. You'll see one. I think it's it shows Biden with like four different in four different clips um, in the thumbnail. So click on that. You'll see his record. It's out there. It's it would be so easy for the Trump campaign to just play Joe Biden in, in, in any one of those clips in a campaign ad and get Democrats to suppress the vote. So like the worry here isn't that Democrats are going to vote for Donald Trump. No. The worry here is that Trump will suppress the Democratic base by showcasing how much uh, of a corrupt politician Joe Biden is, just like Hillary Clinton. So Trump was able to suppress the vote against Hillary Clinton. He could do the same against Joe Biden because the two are very similar when it comes to their politics. All right. All right, let me take more super chats because there's a lot coming in. If I wait till the end, it's might be too much at once. I just saw another progressive voice super chat that made me laugh. Uh, but we'll get there. <clears throat> um, Tisha T says, Joe Rogan is transphobic when men claiming to be female choose to fight women in organized sports. The trans men dominate when they compete. Um, yeah, I don't I don't want to get into... Th- I, don't, I don't know the whole context of that entire discussion, but I've heard um, bits and pieces of it. Uh, I don't know enough to really comment. Uh, Eric Hula says, thank you for your consistent efforts. I appreciate you. Uh, thank you, Eric. Andrew Dwyer says, Joe had Cornell West on, giving credit for that. 100%. Go check out Cornell West on Rogan's podcast. It was really good. Um, one of his better episodes for sure. Uh, Evan Brown says, everyone text for Bernie if you can. It's easy. There you go. Thank you, Evan. Um, the progressive voice says, did Nico House ever return your Nintendo Switch? <laughs> I don't even know how you think up this this crap. It's hilarious. <laughs> well, I can tell you I have Nintendo Switch uh, in my apartment. And I play it sometimes on Twitch. So I definitely never gave it to Nico House. <laughs> Not that I would ever be in a situation to do that. Um, Rob Barr says, Bernie can still lose if Pete drops Elizabeth Warren and Joe Gaines. Um, if Pete drops, oh, you're saying if Pete Buttigieg drops and Elizabeth Warren and Joe Biden gain, I guess, yeah, well, I don't know. I think all of the support from like Elizabeth Warren on down. So like Joe Biden's support, his, the second choice of a lot of his supporters is Bernie Sanders. So if Joe Biden drops out, it helps Bernie. Um, Elizabeth Warren, uh, I'm going off uh, morning consult polling on this. Elizabeth Warren, um, their second choice is largely Bernie Sanders. So if Elizabeth Warren drops out, it helps Bernie Sanders. 
Um, Pete Buttigieg, uh, yes, he does. A lot of his support does uh, would potentially go to Elizabeth Warren and Joe Biden. The thing is, though, Pete's going to stay in for the early states, and that's really the only place that he has any hope. Nationally, Pete Buttigieg is like six percent, so he really doesn't have that much support outside of Iowa and New Hampshire. So I'm really not all that worried about um, Pete's support going elsewhere because he's going to be staying in the first two states. And that's kind of where all his support is right now. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, Sky Blue Brad says the Joe Rogan endorsement and the good recent polls means we need to work even more now. Remember to register, you awesome people. Yes. Every week I try to uh, remind people, make sure you are registered in your state as a Democrat. I don't care if you hate Democrats. Register as a Democrat to ensure there are no issues when you go to the caucus of the primary. Um, do it for this win. That's what you got to do. So um, if you go to voteforbernie.org, vote the word F-O-R for Bernie.org, it'll take you to a page where you can click on your state, check out um, the deadlines and all that stuff, and make sure you're registered. Uh, Progressive Voice says, what is your audio setup for that mic? So the Shure SM7B goes into a cloud lifter. The cloud lifter goes into my camera, which has an XLR input on it. So that is my setup. Um, Nerline Cadet says, hi, David, who is your VP pick? And don't say it's Tulsi. <laughs> it's not Tulsi. My VP pick is uh, Nina Turner. So Nina Turner is my number one. I also like Rashida Tlaib. I also like Barbara Lee. So those are kind of my top three. Um, Noah Suber says, hey, do you think Bernie being too nice could lose him the election if he doesn't call out Biden's corruption? Couldn't Trump use that against him? It's not if Bernie was a nomination, Biden's corruption is not going to matter at that point. Um, so but it, no. Bernie wouldn't be nice against Trump. Like that's what matters here. So the only reason Bernie's being a little he's. The reason why Bernie isn't being as hard on Biden as he could be is that there is still a potential that Biden could win the nomination. And it's a lot harder to, I guess, bring your supporters to support Biden if you're going hard on him this entire uh, primary. But that said, if he was harder on Biden, I think he would have a better shot at winning the nomination, even though I think Bernie still has a really good shot at winning the nomination. So um, I don't think him being too nice, though, is going to lose him the election. Like once Bernie wins the nomination... Him being, you know, not as hard on Biden right now is really not going to matter. <clears throat> I don't know if I'm getting sick or what, but my throat is uh, not great. All right. Uh, let me stop there and uh, pick it up to the next story. <clears throat> so it's come out now that Kamala Harris is considering endorsing Joe Biden. Now, this is the Kamala Harris that, yes, went after Joe Biden in the first debate, uh, landed a great shot on him. But ultimately, clearly, it was all about political theater. And it appears Harris doesn't actually care about these issues, doesn't actually care about helping people. She cares about her own political career. So first, I want to show you this article from Slate that discusses this. So you see here. Kamala Harris is reportedly mulling a Biden endorsement. So let me go down to some of this. New York Times reports that Senator Kamala Harris, after bowing out of the nomination fight, is now weighing an endorsement of Joe Biden. 
This news trial balloon comes via multiple Democratic officials familiar with her deliberations, um, i.e. her staff. Is this a big deal? For Kamala Harris, it certainly is. The former candidate whomped Biden square in the back of the head during the early debates on his not aging all that well record on issues of race, particularly school busing. Harris's critique was an effective one that elevated briefly her candidacy and put Biden on the defensive. So it's clear it's clear this is 100% about her political career. She is the one that leaked this. Under like understand these leaks don't happen randomly. No, she told her staffers to leak the idea that she is thinking about endorsing Joe Biden because she wants to be considered as vice president. So this is her way of endorsing Biden without having to actually officially endorse Joe Biden. So trying to curry favor with Biden while Biden is currently mauling over other VP picks. So that's what's happening with this with this uh, this story. It's all about attaining power. But ultimately, I don't think Kamala Harris is actually going to you know officially endorse Joe Biden until um, Elizabeth Warren and Klobuchar are out of the race or appear to be out of the race because Kamala doesn't want to seem like she's you know pushing out the potential for a, a female president. So she'll wait till Warren and Klobuchar are really are out or almost out. And the race really becomes between Bernie Sanders and Joe Biden. In that scenario, she 100% would back um, Joe Biden. A lot of Kamala's early support were from Hillary Clinton donors, Hillary Clinton backers. So you see, like you see that that institutional uh, that institutional support that Kamala Harris has, carrying it over from Hillary Clinton to her campaign. Ultimately, it fizzled out, didn't really do anything. But she's that is still where her support is as a politician. The other problem here, though is that California is not going to like a Joe Biden endorsement. So she also, I think it's unlikely she would endorse Joe Biden before California. She might wait and see how Super Tuesday turns out. And if Joe Biden is still in the race after Super Tuesday, then she'll endorse him. Um, That said, though, if California goes to Bernie Sanders and she endorses Biden after California goes to Sanders, that also wouldn't look good on her. So... It's actually really, uh, this this leak of a potential endorsement may potentially be the only time she discusses this because she doesn't want to do this publicly, but she still wants to be considered as a potential VP pick. And this is her way of doing that, uh, doing that without having to actually put her political career on the line. So we still got mm, a few stories left. Let me get back to... Uh, some of these super chats. Abdul uh, Abdul Mosin Al Hashem says, "Check my tweet if you laughed at it. Share and and like it, please." <laughs> Thank you for the the super chat, but um, don't use it for promoting yourself. Uh, Tisha T says, "Arizona independents need to register by uh, the, by February seventeenth as Dem to vote other." Sorry, Arizona independents need to register by February seventeenth as Democrat to vote. Otherwise, they can't vote in the primary. Register to vote. All right. So if you're in Arizona and you're an independent, you must register by the 17th uh, next month as a Democrat. Make sure you do it. And how about you just do it now? Don't wait. Uh, Pizza Pasta Cat says, talk about um, hot girls for Bernie, please. (laughs) I don't know about hashtag hot girls for Bernie. Um, So I'm not going to talk about something I don't know anything about, but it sounds... Sounds great. Hashtag 
anybody for Bernie. I'm down. Um, Toya Karipa says, are you married? Do you support Joe Rogan endorsement? What a, <laughs> what a two-parter there. Um, I'm not married. Uh, do I support Joe Rogan endorsement? I, th- I talked about this at the beginning of the stream. Not the beginning, but like, you know, a few, uh, at least 20 minutes in probably. Um, so go rewind. You can watch all my comments on that. Yeah, I have no problem with, with Joe Rogan endorsing Bernie Sanders. You have to be able to reach out to people that are largely apolitical. That's Rogan's audience, largely apolitical. They have, you know, some reactionary social views for sure, but you're not going to inform people that you marginalize. You have to bring people in and then in the process of doing that, um, you educate them. Like it's, it's one thing if Bernie changed his positions to get the Rogan endorsement, but he didn't. Bernie's still Bernie, the platform, still the platform. Rogan came to his positions. I think Rogan's politics are evolving and that's a good thing. Um, Schwaman, Schwaman, Schwawam man. <laughs> Do you think Bernie support uh, Saiyan supremacy? I don't know what that means. Um, Saiyan like Super Saiyan? Ultimately, I have no idea what this comment is, but thank you. Lawrence Chu says, a recent podcast from The Intercept criticized Bernie's record on Iraq, especially the Iraq Liberation Act. While Biden's obviously much worse, Bernie's hands aren't clean either. What are your thoughts? My thoughts is that there is a clear difference. So (laughs) those sorts of criticisms, 100%, like dig into those details when Bernie's president. But you have to look at the context. Who is Bernie up against? Like, it's not even close. So you have to, like, right now we're at the stage of comparing records. Bernie definitely has positions I wish he was better on. I wish he supported BDS. He doesn't. But these are things to focus on when he has power. He doesn't have power right now, and his positions on all these issues are much better than anybody else in the race. So it doesn't make sense to focus on on um, problems like that, unless someone else is better. If, if Biden had a, if Biden supported, you know, supported BDS or was better on Iraq, then that's worth bringing up, but he's not. <laughs> so it's not worth, bring, it's not worth uh, focusing on um, Bernie's record in that aspect, unless his record is worse than anybody else in the race. Uh, Beef Foe says, did you watch Bernie on Black and Brown Vice News? I saw a clip of it. Actually, I think I, I collected a, a link from that this week, but I didn't, I forgot to bring it in for this stream. Potentially, I may cover it next week if it's not old news. Um, but yeah. Tisha T says, you were mentioned on Jimmy Dore last night and Graham Elwood, political vigilante this week. You are great. <laughs> okay, thank you. Thank you, Tisha. Um, Akram, I- I'm so bad at names. This may not even be a name, just a bunch of acronyms. Um, AIC ROM 62 says, why can't we do this with Bernie live rallies? Bernie live rally. Do what? Super chats? I have no idea. Um, but thank you for your super chat. Cole C says, berniesanders.com slash volunteer. Great point. berniesanders.com slash volunteer. Volunteer for Bernie and help him win. David Lopez says, David, if Hillary Clinton... Uh, in brackets, most disliked political figure, worse than Trump, wants to take down Bernie, she would endorse him. Uh, oh, I see what you're saying. If she actually wants, wants to take down Bernie, then she would endorse him. But let's hope she doesn't, LOL. Yeah, I, don't, I said this in my coverage of the whole Hillary Clinton dumb comments. I mentioned I don't care. Like, <laughs> I don't care that he that she hates him. I don't care if she endorses him, campaigns for him. I don't think 
uh, I don't think it would help Bernie for Hillary Clinton to, to be in the race unless she was going to like, you know, I don't know, the white suburbs that she won when she ran for president. Like maybe that would help to try and get some of the the wealthy liberals over to Bernie potentially would help. Um, but ultimately, you don't need those people anyways. You reach out to people who normally don't vote, reach out to a lot of working class people, and you can overcome, um, you know, the need to get the Hillary Clinton support. But how many people really have that mindset that Hillary has, where it's like even Hillary supporters, a lot of the people that voted, I would say the vast majority, if not every single person that voted for Hillary in 2016, is going to come out and vote for the Democratic nominee regardless uh, in 2020 because they don't like Donald Trump. So I'm not even worried about, you know, the Hillary Clinton vote because I think they're going to come out because they don't like Trump. And that, to me, that's a good enough reason to vote for Sanders or, or you know, the Democratic nominee. All right. Um, back to the stories. Oh, Jim Messina. That's what's next. Obama's 2012 campaign manager, Jim Messina, attacked Bernie Sanders on MSNBC, calling him the worst candidate. <laughs> Before I completely take apart his argument, let me show you this clip. And don't underestimate the fact that Bernie, a lot of what he says, the message is basically, you can live your life for free. We'll have free college tuition. We'll have free this. We'll forgive your student debts. It's a powerful message. It is, but in the general election, it's a message that I think is going to get him killed. Yeah. I mean, I you know, think he's the worst candidate in a general election for exactly that reason. You think Bernie's the worst candidate? Oh, I don't, I don't think there's a question about it. I think it's very clear to me that with these swing voters that I care about, the Trump-Obama voters in the Midwestern states bernie sanders is not the candidate we need to beat donald trump in november so all right let's first attack his last argument there which is just a complete lie that bernie sanders does not appeal to those you know those trump to obama voters the people that are those obama to trump voters the people that voted for obama twice then voted for donald trump in 2016 bernie sanders doesn't possibly appeal to those people except that he does Bernie outraises Biden in Obama to Trump swing counties, and it's not even close. So let me go down to some of the details here. Um, actually, I haven't read this article in a month or so, so let me find it exactly where the details are here. Um, so according to an analysis of Federal Election Commission data on the Democratic online uh, uh, giving portal, ActBlue, 12,040 donations uh, from those Obama to Trump counties made 19,885 donations to Biden during the first six months of 2019. By contrast, Elizabeth Warren had 13,674 donors make 26,298 donations from those counties. And South Bend Mayor uh, Pete Buttigieg had 14,294 uh, donors make 23,320 donations. Let's go to Bernie's support there. So we're looking at uh, Biden, 12,000 donors, um, 19,000 donations. Bernie Sanders, 33,000. 33,000 donors compared to 12,000 donors. 
making up 81,000 donations compared to Biden's uh, 19,000. And of course, he also trumps Warren, 13, 26, Buttigieg, 14, 23, Bernie, 33,000, 81,000. So Bernie has this appeal to these disaffected Obama to Trump voters because Bernie actually speaks to issues that people care about. The people that voted for Obama in 2008, most people that voted for Obama in, in 2008 voted for him because of his message. He ran a very progressive campaign. Politics were going to be different under Barack Obama. And then it turned out he wasn't. <laughs> I mean, yes, he was clearly better than a lot of other potential candidates, better than Hillary Clinton would have been, I think, in 2008. But because he had a lot of, you know, big donors, ran his campaign, Obama did, with, you know, Wall Street. It ended up that Wall Street picked most of his cabinet, and that became the administration. So it just became politics as usual under Barack Obama. And voters recognized that. A lot of those voters went to Trump in 2016 because they thought, even if they hated him, and Michael Moore talks about this because he knows these people, even if they hated Trump, and many of them did, they thought, well, he's an outsider. Maybe he can change things. Maybe it'll be different somehow. Maybe it'll be better because it can't be worse. It can be worse. <laughs> it, it is worse under under Trump, for sure. Um, so, th so those people were fooled. But a lot of those people now can see Bernie Sanders, someone who has a 40-year you know, record of authenticity, of consistency, of fighting for the same thing. That's why they support Bernie. Now, to go to his other arguments, I mean, he just completely ignores that Bernie has the ability to attract you know, lots of young people. Lots of typical non-voters, um, progressive independents. Bernie has the ability to get people out to vote in a general election that Hillary Clinton could not get in 2016. As I say over and over again, Hillary Clinton, the people that voted for her in 2016, are still going to come out in 2020 and vote against Donald Trump. But the people that you need to win over now to defeat Trump in 2020 are the people that did not come out and vote. Young people, progressive independents, typical working class non-voters. That is the Bernie base. And on top of that, he also has those Obama to Trump voters supporting him. Also, Jim Messina, I think it's worth pointing out. This was the guy who uh, had an anti-gay ad in 2002. Um, Obama's chief, uh, Jim Messina, was behind a gay baiting political ad in 2002. Quote, I'll never forget when he showed me that ad, says Senator Max Baucus. And on top of that, Jim Messina doesn't know political strategy for crap. So this is a Financial Times article from 2000 and, uh, or from 2017. In the past year, Mr. Messina has been paid a paid consultant to three disastrous electoral forays. David Cameron's campaign for the UK to remain in the EU. So he was... Jim Messina was part of the Brexit the whole Brexit thing. He thought it would be a good idea for Cameron to push for this. And they got destroyed. <laughs> they got completely uh, sideswiped. I mean, the result was not at all what they expected. This is uh, Jim Messina in the making. This is his strategy, his brilliant strategy. Um, Matteo Renzi's Italian uh, constitutional reform effort and Theresa May's conservative general election campaign in, in 2017 where she lost a ton of seats to uh, to Corbyn. So his company, the Messina Group, was paid 276,000 uh, pounds by the Remain campaign 
and reported 400,000 euros for its Italian work. It is not clear how much Mr. Messina was paid for his most recent work for the Tories. So on top of being wrong about this election, Jim Messina has been paid tons of money for being wrong in other countries. So, and the fact that he worked with Theresa May, the conservative leader in the UK, like this man is a conservative. Of course, he doesn't like Bernie Sanders. Of course, he's going to pretend that Bernie can't win. And he may even think that because this guy's an idiot. This guy is, is, is the loser behind three disastrous electoral forays, as Financial Time points out. So this is basically don't listen to this man. I think that's obvious. Um, this, these are the kind of arguments that you're going to continue to, to see on, on the mainstream, on mainstream media, on MSNBC, on CNN, even though at times, as, as I showed earlier, they're going to have, you know, moments of clarity where they're showing Bernie's ability to really um, have this massive base and be able to win. They're going to also have moments like this where they're going to act like Bernie's not electable, even though all the data shows otherwise. I'm getting too excited here. Got to settle down. Settle down a little bit. I'm going to prep the next story before I take uh, some more super chats. All right. Um, Liam Hayes says, just wondering why do progressive YouTube channels still give Tulsi a pass even after Medicare choice and present? What's her take on this? Because she's Tulsi Gabbard is very good at politics in, in, in some ways. In some ways, she's not. <laughs> but yeah, like, look, there are people that think Tulsi would be a good VP. I, I hear them in some sense uh, of that, but you can't you you can't make Tulsi VP after she voted present on impeachment. You just can't. I mean, there would be so many questions. Um, it's just not worth it's not worth the fight. It, like it, it's not worth the. You would be creating scandals for your campaign when you don't need it. There are incredible VP picks like Nina Turner out there where you don't got to play these games and you, where you, you don't have to defend their position on impeachment. So, yeah. Um, but on the other hand, like she defended Bernie against Hillary's comments. Uh, so, like, that's why a lot of people give her a pass is because she has great moments like that. She'll say things she'll say uh, things forcefully that other politicians aren't willing to say. But you can't ignore something like her present vote on impeachment. You just can't. Gabby, Gabby Alvarez says, uh, who's your favorite Pokemon? Hmm. I go back to the originals. Like, uh, Squirtle. I like Squirtle. Um, Charizard. Bulbasaur. Pikachu. <laughs> I don't have a favorite, but it would be from like the original uh, Pokemon that existed. They're, they have way too many now. I can't keep track. And a lot of them are ridiculous. Uh, Hindu Hillbilly says the same Dem establishment that shun a Joe Rogan endorsement had no problem with Harry effing Kissinger endorsing Hillary. Hashtag values. <laughs> yep. Not even just a I mean, Hillary went on Howard Stern's show. Now, I have no issue with Howard's, with going on Howard Stern's show. But if you have an issue with Bernie going on Joe Rogan, shouldn't you have a problem with Hillary Clinton going on the show where, you know, you have a, a radio host asking girls to show him their tits? Like, isn't that more of an issue? 
than Joe Rogan. But these people, of course, the hypocrisy, they don't care. It, it, it's, it's not about that. It's about finding new ways to uh, attack Sanders. <clears throat> um, Al Hashem is back saying, I didn't want to promote myself, just wanted to make you laugh. <laughs> okay. I think high school... I think high school students should sue Tulsi Gabbard for comparing Hillary Clinton to them. I think high school students should sue Tulsi Gabbard for comparing... Wait, what? I don't even get this tweet or this message. I think high school students should sue Tulsi Gabbard for comparing Hillary... Oh, is that what Tulsi did? Oh, just, yeah. I get what you're saying. Uh, (laughs) But, um, yeah, I think it's just, it's not really about high school students. It's a, it's a remark that is, is a, uh, I don't know. I think people say, cause absolutely Hillary's comments were high school level comments. Like nobody likes him. I'm like, God, like that was Hillary's comments. It was clearly juvenile stuff. Well, let me stop there. All right. Next story. A South Carolina official has rescinded their Joe Biden endorsement to back Bernie Sanders. So let me show you the details here because this isn't just like this endorsement matters because it shows you the ability for Sanders to reach a very wide spectrum of uh, of support. So Meg Kennard, who uh, works for the Associated Press, um, tweets out here. A black female elected official in South Carolina who describes herself as a conservative Democrat is taking back her endorsement of Joe Biden, opting instead to support Bernie Sanders. She explained her reasoning to me in an interview tonight. So this is why it matters here. This is a conservative Democrat in South Carolina, a self-described conservative Democrat, no longer endorsing Joe Biden, instead supporting Bernie Sanders. Let me show you... um, so this is the article. I'm not going to read through the whole thing, but let me give you um, maybe just a bit here. A South Carolina elected official who endorsed Joe Biden last month is switching her allegiance to Bernie Sanders in the state's first in the South presidential primary, saying she had viewed the former vice president whose support in the state is considered deep as, quote, a compromise choice. Dalhi Myers told the Associated Press on Wednesday that she was making the change in part because she values what she sees as Sanders' strength in being able to go toe-to-toe with President Trump in the general election. Quote, I looked at that and I thought, he's right, said Myers. A black woman first elected the Richmond uh, Council, or sorry, Richland County Council in 2016. Quote, he's unafraid and he's unapologetic. I like the fact that he's willing to fight for a better America, for the least, the fallen, the left behind. This is a great endorsement. Let me go a little deeper here. So... This is uh, her tweet about it. Very excited to be part to be part of a positive resolution. Uh, <laughs> Very excited to be part of a positive revolution. Let's win South Carolina. Senator Sanders, our revolution. Nina Turner. Awesome. Very important. Actually, let me like this. I haven't liked this yet. Very important endorsement here. Um, And Bernie uh, tweets about it saying, quote, he's unafraid and unapologetic. I like the fact that he is willing to fight for a better America, for the least, the fallen, the left behind. Thank you, Dalhi Myers. Together, we will defeat the most dangerous president in modern history. And also some important context here. Uh, Bernie's support in South Carolina, you know, isn't as absent as people think it is, or at least as the media is reporting it is. So 
Paul Blessed tweets out here, Something I didn't realize is that Sanders almost has as many endorsements from South Carolina state legislators, 10, as Biden does at 12. So Bernie has some real potential here to do well in South Carolina and even maybe win it, especially if he's able to take Iowa and New Hampshire. I think it'll go a long way to showing Bernie's ability to win the nomination um, and gain support from uh, I mean I mean this endorsement alone shows he's able to gain support from you know a wide spectrum of individuals. When someone who is a conservative Democrat, a self-described conservative Democrat, backs your campaign, I think it shows the wide appeal that Bernie Sanders would have in a general election. All right, just a couple more stories, and then polls of the week, many polls of the week, maybe too many polls of the week. All right, first, super chatted up. Janine Jackson says uh, Julian Assange is out of solitary confinement. Really? So that must be breaking right now. Um, I'll uh, I'll probably do a story on that. Um, Natseg says, what do you think of the recent primary polls? David Packman's recent video says Biden is gaining, but I've seen a lot that says Bernie is pulling ahead. I don't see Biden gaining. Biden's losing pretty much everywhere. Um, yeah, I mean, it, I guess it depends where you're looking at. So nationally, so I'm going to have a whole breakdown of polls in a minute here. But um, nationally, Bernie has been up in polls. Um, he's been up state by state. I Yeah, so I, I don't know what, what you're referring to in terms of Pacman's comments because I didn't see those. But um, I haven't seen Biden gaining. It's it's there's a potential maybe he gained in you know one or two polls. But generally, you're seeing a lot of support uh, for Bernie surging right now. But I'll get more into polls in a minute. First, so Bernie Sanders has two new campaign ads out that I want to share because they hit on an emotional level, and I think these are the kind of ads that really are uh, the most effective. We all carry a story in us. The stories we carry within us can go untold for months, years, and even decades under the weight of pain, guilt, and private suffering. But when we step forward to share our stories, we realize we are not alone. We realize our issues are collective issues, and our pain is collective pain. We realize the real failings are not personal failings, but that of a failed economic and political system. We realize we are not the crazy ones. We realize we are right to be angry, and we learn about issues that aren't our own. Our stories can move us to fight for someone we don't know. Our stories can be woven into a much larger story, and our personal struggles can be woven into collective struggle. A single story has the potential to move millions who see their story in yours. So I think that's a great campaign ad. Also, shout out there to, I believe, Brandon Joy Gray is the one doing the um, uh, the voice. That's Bernie's press secretary. But these are the kind of ads that really show you what the campaign's about. It's about this, this you know, mass inclusive movement where we're all caring for each other. Um, so even if, you know, say you have great health care 
or say you're wealthy enough to afford healthcare, you are still fighting for people that can't afford healthcare. Or say you have a lot of, or say you don't have student debt, um, but you're fighting for people that want to cancel uh, student debt. So like, it really is a mass movement of people caring for one another. And um, this uh, other ad also kind of speaks to that as well. Take a look around you and find someone you don't know. Maybe somebody who doesn't look kind of like you. Are you willing to fight for that person as much as you're willing to fight for yourself? If you and millions of others are prepared to do that, not only will we win this election, but together we will transform this country. I'm Bernie Sanders and I approve this message. Another great ad hitting on the similar themes. And uh, like this, these are the kind of ads that have the potential to grow the movement because these sorts of ads reach out to people who maybe aren't all that into politics, aren't really following this race, but they can see an ad like this and, and get a feeling for what the campaign is about and understanding that this is actually a campaign that, you know, isn't just a, you know, your standard democratic fair, but this is actually a campaign that is willing to or is, is based in reaching out to everyone and really caring uh, for one another. And both these ads uh, show that. So I got a Pete Buttigieg story and then I got the polls of the week. So let me, let me punch through both of these and then I'll take all the super chats I can at the end. All right. So this is just a funny moment that I want to share. Pete Buttigieg had his please clap moment on the campaign trails. This is a, a little embarrassing, but I think it's worth sharing. So check this out. So can I look to you to spread that sense of hope to those that you know? Come on. <laughs> One more time. Spread that sense of hope to those that you know. <laughs> so obviously, as Jordan L points out here, uh, this is his please clap moment. Reminder of the please clap. Jeb Bush back in 2016. Uh, this is this never gets old. I won't be out there blowharding, talking a big big game without backing it up. I think the next president needs to be a lot quieter, but send a signal that we're prepared to act in the national security interests of this country to get back in the business of creating a more peaceful world. Please clap. <laughs> One more time. Of creating a more peaceful world. Please clap. Just so depressing. Um, brilliantly, Alex Sears, Alex Sears here put the two together. So watch this. Better but send a signal by better that we're prepared to act those in the national security interests of this country to get so back I look in the business that sense of, of creating a more peaceful those that you world. Know. Please come. come on. <laughs> <laughs> the pause is almost exactly the same length. Let's watch this. Creating a more peaceful those that you know. Please come, come on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so I don't want to dunk on Pete too hard now because 
it looks like his campaign is just about done. Um, okay, I shouldn't say that. He is still doing fairly well in Iowa and New Hampshire because he has poured a ton of money, a ton of ads, uh, TV ads into those states. So look, anything's possible, right? Anything's possible. Um, but the way things are going right now, the, the way the trends are looking, uh, Buttigieg is largely going down and Sanders right now is surging. So the like, moments like this, I think are signals of a failing campaign. Okay, let's get to uh, all the freaking polls you can imagine. Too many polls, I would say. I collected too many polls. May even be repeating some of these polls because there are so many. Sorry, a bit of prep here as I bring these links up. Oh, damn. There's one that's gone. A Georgia poll. Oh, well. All right. Apologies for the wait here. Just, uh, there's a lot. And then after I do the polling, we'll be taking... Super chats. All right. All right. So, yeah, I'll take super chats after. Um, <laughs> but I just saw one pop up that I got to mention. Um, the Jimmy Dore Show, if it's the real Jimmy Dore Show, I haven't checked the link, but I'm going to assume it is, um, sends a super chat, a very generous super chat. Thank you, Jimmy Dore Show, saying, serious question, is anybody better than Jimmy Dore when it comes to being awesome? <laughs> uh, look, Jimmy, a lot of us are awesome in our own ways. Uh, you're definitely, I would say, the, the funniest of all of us. So I hope you like that. <laughs> all right, let's get to... Um, these polls of the week. Yes. All right. So it is the time, the time, it is time for the weekly wrap up of polling. So I'm going to show you a number of polls here I collected over the week uh, showing Bernie Sanders and his standing right now in, uh, in polls. So a lot of these I haven't checked since I collected the link. So we're going to kind of relearn a lot of this together. All right, so this is Morning Consult. They actually have a very pretty deep, um, you know, in-depth polling here. But let's check out some of these. Candidate favorability. Bernie Sanders with the highest candidate favorability. Um, I got to be honest, I'm surprised Joe Biden's even close, but he's right there. But uh, Sanders leading. And then everybody else who cares. Uh, <laughs> uh, Sanders supporters are less favorable to most other candidates in the race. Also kind of showing you, I mean, I don't know where that shows exactly. Um, like, if you want to win, if you want to beat Trump, support the candidate that brings out the most voters. That's the Sanders campaign. I also want to show you if I can find it. Uh, so general election. 
Um, so right now, Biden's still leading here, but it's really friggin' close. Um, Bernie right behind at 45 to Biden's 46 against Trump. Uh, again, this is nationally. I think state by state matters more than national polling. Um, among Democratic voters, Biden's slight lead. But among independent voters, what matters a lot in a general election matchup, Bernie Sanders with a clear lead here over Joe Biden among independent voters. So, again, you're talking about electability. Um, Sanders is the most electable. Um, let's go to Emerson College polling. So here uh, we see Biden's down two. Sanders is up two. Um, look at the full thing. Sanders right behind Biden. Again, he's in second place, but he's gaining. So you see where the momentum's going. Um, and I'm, I think I already did a story in this, so I'm not going to cover it again. But there was also a CNN poll this week showing Bernie in first nationally against uh, Joe Biden. So polls right now are, it, it's basically it's coming down to Biden and Sanders, and it's within, within the the margin of error when it comes to national polling. So both of them are in first, um, depending on what poll you're looking at. I think there's more here to share. Uh, support is the most solid among Sanders voters at six. Uh, sorry, seventy six percent will definitely vote for him. Biden supporters are split, with 50% saying they will definitely vote for him, and 50 saying they're open to another candidate. Again, showing you who has the strong support. This is what matters, again, in a general election. You want engaged voters. And uh, head-to-head matchups, Sanders beats Trump 51-49. to 49. Um, Trump and Biden are tied 50-50. Trump and Warren tied 50-50. Trump beating Buttigieg. 52 to 49. So this is what matters here. Matchups. Matchups and state by state matters matters uh, most. Um, let's go to the next one. Uh, Bernie only down three points to Biden in New Jersey is significant when you consider that in 2016, he lost the state by 26 points. We can absolutely win it in 2020. So, wow. That's crazy. So Sanders is only down by three. Uh, to Biden in uh, New Jersey right now. And I haven't double-checked this, but I'm going to trust that they are correct, that Sanders lost that state by 26 points. And here, it's neck and neck. There you go. Let's check the next link. Uh, This is president of, uh, I assume that's Massachusetts, uh, polling. Um, or not, New Hampshire. Uh, The first part of our new New Hampshire Democratic primary poll for WBUR is now posted. Shows big gains for Sanders since December. Oh yeah, this I covered in a separate video. Sanders, 29% in New Hampshire to Buttigieg in second place at 17%. A 12-point difference. This is huge. Sanders has gained 14 points since uh, last month in this poll. So again... The surge is real, and it's happening in the states that matter right now. Let's go to the next one. CNN poll breaks down race by white and non-white. So again, this is the CNN poll that Sanders is leading nationally in against uh, Joe Biden. I believe that may have even been the the first national poll where Bernie was ahead of Joe Biden. Um, White support here, uh, 24% for Sanders, Biden 22%. Non-white, Sanders 30%, Joe Biden 
So Sanders leading across the board. Ben Hawk tweets out here. New survey USA poll says Bernie Sanders uh, is destroying Trump by n- plus nine. He also leads all other candidates with voters under 50 at plus 18. Latino and Latina voters plus 32 and black voters by an astounding 81 points. <laughs> there you go. Again, showing you his general election strength. Um, this is a CNN poll. Uh Asking which candidate do you think best understands the problems facing people like you? Sanders leads here 29% to Biden's 18% on 11 point difference. Again, hugely here for Sanders. Um, Cancel Sam tweets out here. Uh, Forbes Zogby under 30 poll. Bernie Sanders is killing it with voters 18 to 29. He has double the support of Joe Biden. Who in second? Who's in second place? No other candidate breaks double digits. Pete Buttigieg is the generational change candidate. Has three percent from his own generation. <laughs> that is embarrassing. So check out the numbers here. Um, here you go. Under thirty, Bernie thirty-two percent. Biden sixteen. It's not even close. Next up, among Hispanic college students. So this is a. A Chegg College Insights weekly tracking poll. Um, so the first, I guess let's look at the first one here. Sanders is 43% among college students, plus two since last week. Warren's down one, Yang down, or Yang the same. Biden down one. Everyone's down or the same. Um, Sanders up to 43%. Uh, you see his growth here. Um, and I guess breaking it down further. Among Hispanic college students, Sanders is 50% to Warren's 18%. Uh, man, Biden's way, not even in the race here. Um, among black college students, Sanders 49, Warren 16. Again, I mean, because this race is coming down to Biden and Bernie right now, and you have to worry about youth turnout, the youth ain't going to come out for Joe Biden. Look how low his support is. Look at this, 6% from uh, Hispanic college students, 12% from, college, from black college students. Like... It's not even close. If you want to win, if you're talking about electability, Sanders brings out those people that are not going to come out for any other candidate. Last poll here. Uh, This is what I just covered. So here you go. There you go. Sanders leading among college students. So overall, I think it's clear uh, who not only is the most electable candidate in a general election against Donald Trump, but also who who is on pace right now to secure this nomination. All right, look at that. Two hours in, and now it's 100% super chat time. All right, where did I leave off? My favorite Pokemon, I answered that one. <laughs> um, you know what, I like Jinx. Jinx was a very interesting Pokemon. That's my pick. There you go, I settled. All right. Um, DVDV sends a super chat saying, speaking of campaign ads, I speak to people. Hashtag hot girls for Bernie is trending worldwide right now. Check it out. Thanks for your efforts, David. Okay. Let me, since I have two super chats now about this, um, let me actually look into this and uh, see what the hell's going on. (laughs) 
This is really out of left field. Okay, I'm not going to scroll through a bunch of pictures of, of girls. That would just be weird for me to do that. But um, yeah, hashtag hot girls for Bernie is trending. There you go. Check it out. Uh, that's awesome, I guess. <laughs> I don't know where the hell it came from or what, what, what uh, sparked that. But sure, I'm in support of that. Um, maker of things says the Jimmy Dore show needs a less emotional Jimmy complaining about Bernie. <laughs> hey, Jimmy's a fan. Leave Jimmy alone. Um, I've talked about this before. We all have our various ways of approaching these issues, right? Like I do it in a way that is different from other people. We all have different audiences. There's some crossover, some not crossover. There's nothing wrong with us appealing to all different um, sorts of uh, voters. Uh, Dwayne Bramble says hey david bernie's youtube uh have h i noticed this bernie's youtube has a h john uh, benjamin explain bernie's damn bill it was awesome detailed and funny please show one uh the only issue i think there's some there's some music on that so i don't want to risk copyright issues but if you go to bernie's youtube page um check out their let me see if i could find it here they definitely have a great explanation like the, the kind of thing you want to share with your friends and family um, because of the way they succinctly break it down. So this one here, Bernie's damn bill. Um, that's part one. Um, it's very well done. Again, go to Bernie's YouTube page. This is the kind of thing you share with family and friends who aren't generally into politics, but they can explain um, this policy very well and only in three minutes, which you know is always an issue when you're sharing videos with. with family and friends like I always feel bad if I'm going to show somebody a video and it's like over two minutes long or over three minutes long because <laughs> I don't want to I don't want to take up too much of the time right but um a three-minute video is easy so show them this three-minute video again I'm not certain about the copyright issue so I don't want to play it but show that and uh here you go uh Lulu H says love you both and Jimmy awesome thank you for your generous super chat um Jimmy Dore Show, Super Chat, says, any truth to the rumor that Bernie tried to sell Warren a subprime mortgage after the debate? <laughs> what? Uh, I don't think so, but I will look into that. Um, Mariposa sends a Super Chat uh, saying, uh, 20 bucks, by the way, very generous. Uh, correct response to warn people, uh, woker than thou, uh, Fox, Sorry, woker than thou folks attacking Bernie and let me read this over again. Correct response to Warren people, woker than thou folks attacking Bernie and Berners for flaunting Rogan's endorsement would be a Bernie ad showing how Medicare for all covers uh, hormone therapy, trans related surgeries, Equality Act, etc. Love you, David. Uh, yeah, or just make that argument. I mean, Medicare for all is, uh, is comprehensive. Uh, maker of things says uh jimmy show me on the show me on the doll where bernie hurt you <laughs> hilarious uh <laughs> jimmy's back I, i'm really enjoying these uh, these very generous super chats jimmy thank you after growing the beard would you consider yourself having quote-unquote rugged good looks <laughs> you know what's funny is uh i'm gonna I'll just tell you that the dumbest reason why I didn't trim my beard today, because I have this cut on my finger and 
uh, I didn't have a bandaid on at the time when I was in the washroom. I just took a shower. I didn't, I didn't trim my beard because I was afraid of one of the hairs getting stuck in my cut. <laughs> so, that's that's what motiva- motivated this beard is just a total worry that I may get um, beard hair stuck in my my cut in my finger. So I likely will trim it very soon. Uh, Gabriel Bell sends a super chat saying, "Sounds like your onion knife was manufactured poorly." And has a sharp burr on top. The thing is, it's not that. Um, it's that it was <laughs> when I was cutting onions, the bandaid fell off and the knife was going into my existing cut, and I didn't even realize it, and it was making it worse. Um, which is, it's weird. I didn't feel it. Maybe I'm like losing feeling in my finger. But um, Gabriel says, get a new knife. Maybe problem solved. Suspect anything metal in general. Protect your fingers, son. Yeah, the cut is really in the worst place. It prevents you from playing video games, prevents you from using a mouse properly. Um, typing is a pain, so definitely an issue. All right, we're reaching the end here. Let me, uh, so if you're gonna do super chats, get them in now before we're done. Uh, Ashley Rose says, great seeing all our fave YouTube channels supporting each other. You guys give me life during these distressing times. Thanks, David. You don't even you don't even live here, and we can always count on your Bernie support. Thank you, Ashley. Thank you for your generous super chat as well. Um, Jimmy Dore show is back. What's up, Jimmy? Says how much would you sell out? <laughs> how much would you sell out for if MSNBC offered? I'd take fifty k and dinner. <laughs> is this the real account? Hold on. Let me just make sure this is the real account. Click on clicking on the account. It's the real account. Okay. Um, I feel like you would t- you would hold out for more than 50k. 50k is is not much to sell out. Um, I would take zero because I would not enjoy my life. I mean, I already had a career I didn't enjoy, um, and I left that job. So for me to go back to doing something I don't like doing would not be enjoyable. So no money in the world would make me uh, leave what I'm doing right now. Tisha T says, um, "You're the nice, cute version of Jimmy Dore." <laughs> Balance. Uh, balance between is good to have for progressives. Uh, thank you, Tisha. Um, DVDV says, hashtag hot girls for Bernie uh, in response to Bernie bro lie. Oh, okay. I mean, okay. But there was also a hashtag where it's like, women for Bernie, I think was the hashtag. It doesn't have to be hot girls for Bernie. But again, I'm not complaining. Um Dennis Rankin says, thanks for all the great content. Sending a hello from Germany. Yes, Germans for Bernie is a thing. I believe it. I mean, this is the, I love this 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 international support because it shows you that people worldwide recognize that Bernie here has the potential to not only be a leader for Americans, but a leader on the world stage. We need a humanitarian leader of the American superpower. Like we need that. So this is why a Bernie Sanders presidency is so important, not just for your country, but internationally. Did somebody hack Jimmy's account? These are a lot of super chats. I'm, this is, I'm starting to think that this is way too generous. Um, but, you know, uh, Survivor Mary sent super chat. Thank you, Survivor Mary. Um, Jimmy Dore show back saying, how annoying is it when lazy YouTubers take videos from your show and use them instead of doing their own research and putting together their own segment? I don't even see people doing that. I mean, if they do that, I don't watch it. <laughs> so I, I generally stick to uh, 
uh, lazy YouTubers take videos from your show. I, I don't think I've seen anybody do that. I'm, like we all cross use our own, our own like clips that we find online, like MSNBC clips, CNN clips. Um, but for the most part, I don't see anybody stealing content. Um, Edwin Dooning says you covered Bernie joining our strike at UCLA. Uh, after three years and walking out five times, we won our contract last Wednesday. Thanks David for your support of labor. Peace. Awesome. That's so great to hear. So that was UCLA with um, AFSCME3299. Um, awesome. Love to hear that. And again, it shows you the, like, the power of a Sanders presidency. If he's able to have this sort of, you know, uh, obviously the, you know, the workers on the ground are the ones that do the most work, the, the ones that are actually in the fight, in the, the labor fight. But having Bernie be able to put a spotlight on these various labor fights around the country as a candidate. And he has this, this, this uh, power as a candidate to be able to do this. Imagine him as the president, the kind of power he would have, especially also, you know, something like the, uh, the Amazon, Amazon raising wages, him doing that as a candidate, putting pressure on Bezos as a candidate to get them to raise wages. Again, imagine his power as president. Um, Jimmy Dore shows back says, would you have dinner with Megan McCain? What would you say? <laughs> That's a great question. Would I have dinner with Meghan McCain? Um, I don't know how I would ever be given the opportunity. Um, I probably wouldn't because I don't think I would get through to her. I think potentially she, there's a, a strong potential. She knows that she is manufacturing consent. That she knows she is lying uh, all the time on her show and she's doing it on purpose. So... I have no real interest in engaging with, you know, dishonest actors. That said, if she actually is as dumb as she appears, <laughs> then maybe I could potentially bring some facts into her life. I don't know. But I feel like uh it, I feel like I would not enjoy that dinner. Some more coming in. Um, Lloyd Tucker says, what's the news on the Justin T. Tim Hortons controversy? The Trudeau-Tim Hortons controversy. Okay, let me give you a short overview. This story is so dumb, so dumb. Justin Trudeau was in, I think it was Winnipeg. I don't even know what, what province he was in. But he, he was in some province where he bought uh, gourmet donuts. Um, I think it was for his his staff. And this became an issue, or I should say, some people in the media, uh, mainly, you know, conservatives that try to find any reason to attack Trudeau, uh, attacked him over this because he didn't go to Tim Hortons. <laughs> so, yeah, because he, he, he went to a gourmet donut place instead of going to Tim Hortons. Now, the reality is Tim Hortons, the company, is owned by Restaurant Brands International. Restaurant Brands International, uh, they're owned by a majority stake from 3G Capital, a Brazilian company. Tim Hortons is essentially now Brazilian. It is not Canadian anymore. The donut place that Justin Trudeau went to is Canadian. It's a small Canadian business. So there is no story, there's no controversy here. Like this reminded me a lot of how Fox News went after Obama. Like when there were there were legitimate things to go after Obama over but they were attacking him over um, holding coffee while saluting or wearing a tan suit. 
instead of going after him for, you know, drone strikes. Like, <laughs> there are legitimate reasons to attack Justin Trudeau. Donuts is not one of them. But um, thank you for bringing up that absurd story. Uh, Daniel Housley says, Jimmy said that about people stealing content because he just did it to you in his most recent video. <laughs> did he? <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. I got to check it out. I haven't seen it. Um, actually, he's used one of my videos before uh, during a live, a live stream, or I should say a, a live show. Um, I have no issue with that at all. Use all the videos you want of mine, Jimmy. Um, I enjoy the exposure. Uh, Tisha T says, Jimmy is cute too. He just rants at his audience. He used your crystal ball clip last night. Oh, cool. All right. I got to check that out. Uh, Citizen Zero says, um, if you met a girl that was smart, interesting, wonderful, and beautiful, but supported Trump, would you date her? No. No. I, I would have nothing in common with it. That person wouldn't be smart. They would not be interesting. They would not be wonderful. <laughs> so if they support Trump, they are neither of those things. So uh, I would not date that person. Uh, Jimmy Dore Show says, is it true you support Bernie just so you can get laid on college campuses? Hashtag social lust. <laughs> social lust. Uh, it is not true. And I do not get laid on college campuses. Um, at least not since I've been in college. So <laughs> my Bernie support does not do that. Uh, lady, lady marmalade or marmalade, um, says, thanks for the hard work. Can you share your thoughts on Tulsi's stand against BDS? Um, that's an old story now, but even, yeah, I, I went after Tulsi when she didn't support that, that BDS resolution. Um, who else didn't support? There was somebody else, I think in the house, Rokana, right? I think Rokana didn't support it either. Um, yeah, bad vote, bad vote. Uh, at the same time, I think Bernie has said publicly he also doesn't support BDS. So I'm not with those politicians on that issue. Uh, AOC, Rashida Tlaib, Ilhan Omar, I believe all voted the correct way on uh, on that resolution. Um, Lula H says, Jimmy took a clip from your show, the one with Crystal, LOL. All right, I got to check this out. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll do it right now. Maybe I'll do it right now. Damn. This video blew up too. All right. No offense to Jimmy, but I'm just going to look for my part. <laughs> I'm just curious. Uh, like, am I in it or is it just the crystal ball clips? Oh, maybe he just used the clip that I used. That's fine. In this thing where they bring on progressives now because of Bernie, because Bernie's leading in all the polls. So now they finally have to bring on someone to comment on it. Right. Someone who's considered a progressive. So they had. That's going to be hard so to find. Chris Cuomo brought on uh, Anna Kasparian last week. Remember that? We showed oh, yeah. you that. And she laid a smackdown on CNN's shit reporting on Bernie. By the way, Anna, Anna has been on CNN three times this past week. She's been fantastic on there. I covered it once. I could have covered all three, but I, I didn't want to, like, uh, uh, I don't want to seem weird for just covering Anna on CNN clips. <laughs> but it was fantastic. Sanders. And it was it was pretty it was pretty fun to watch. This also very fun to watch. Here is Crystal Ball. Uh, now you know Crystal Ball, friend of the show, fan of the show, and uh, she hosts that new show, The Rising on the Hill. It's on YouTube, and uh, it's up Great to two hundred thousand subscribers already. Wow. So they're gonna. So I'm trying to make friends with them because they're gonna blow right past me. And um, it's not a race. So not she. A competition. So Bernie Sanders was a uh, Hillary Clinton came out and said that nobody likes Bernie Sanders. 
I just got to say, Jimmy, if you're still watching, I like that you're back on the Bernie side now. <laughs> I was not with the Tulsi stuff. Um, but look, we all got to come together for Bernie Sanders in this in this primary. It is time to get behind the the only one that can win this primary race. That's a progressive. Um, and that's Bernie Sanders. And so now they bring on. So they, this is a former Clinton advisor. That's a former Clinton communications director, Karen Finney. We already did a video about Karen Finney before. She's horrible. Uh, horrible. And Well, she was part of the Clinton campaign. <laughs> what she else do you need to know? They lost to Donald Trump. And All right, I'm gonna watch, I can't watch 18 minutes here. But I think he just, he just used the clip that I can see my border here on, on the thing. So I'm, I'm assuming that's what people mean. Um, but awesome. I got no issue with that. Uh, great. I'm glad we're all on the same team now fighting for uh, Sanders. <clears throat> More super chats coming in. Let's get to them. Andrew Grew said, sellout politicians the world over have set the planet on fire. I'd be surprised if there wasn't a place that doesn't feel the Bernie burn for better. 100%, Andrew. Excuse me. Lloyd Tucker says, I hear Megan has daddy issues. Not going there. That's a horrible comment. Uh, Ashley Rose says, David has a girlfriend, uh, sorry, David has a girlfriend, Jimmy. She buys him awesome sweaters. <laughs> Somebody follows me on Instagram, apparently. Um, or did I mention that on the live stream? I don't know. Uh, Jen Pepper. By the way, Instagram. Want to follow me on Instagram? It's just David Dole right there. David Dole. Um, I try to Instagram more, uh, do Instagram stories and stuff. Uh, Jen Pepper says, happy weekend, y'all. Happy weekend to you, Jen. Thanks for reminding me of the weekend. I'm looking forward to uh, drinking some beer tonight. Jimmy Dore Show says, do you ever wear makeup for camera? If so, does it ever make you feel pretty? <laughs> I don't wear makeup for camera, actually. Um, I never have. I've never even... I'm not sure if I've ever had makeup put on me, except for like Halloween. Because um, I've never really been on television. I've been on the radio. Television. I don't think I've been on television. Um, so no, no makeup. DVDV says, uh, to be clear, the disclaimer reads, anyone who votes for and believes in Bernie is in fact a hot girl. Okay, good. I am now I am with hashtag hot girls for Bernie. I guess that means I'm also a hot girl because I, uh, I guess that's what this is about. Uh, 24th January equals the official hot girls for Bernie day. Hence it trending now. Kate done advertising for it. <laughs> Thank you for that context. I didn't know anything about this, so uh, thank you. Uh, Fabian Hutter says, Jimmy being self-deprecating, he did so. Uh, sorry, he did a shout-out for you. Awesome. All right, I assume it's somewhere in those 18 minutes. Um, I will finish the video later. DVDV says, uh, and shout-out, love that accent, to Tim Black, TBTV. Yeah, also, I got to say, look, I did not follow Tim Black for a while. Um, I don't know. I think a few years ago, maybe I saw a video I didn't like of his or whatever, but I'm liking Tim Black. He's doing some good stuff on YouTube and on Twitter. Uh, definitely shout out, shout out to uh, Tim Black. Like I, guys, I'm feeling the love here. I think we're all, like we're all really coming together at just the right time, right before Iowa, for the Sanders movement. That is, I'm feeling super positive. Um, I'm glad to see everybody in this fight because this is what we need to win. 
All right. Let me finish the super chats. So again, if you haven't got yours in yet, get them in. There's about a minute delay. So let me say, I want to be out of here by 525. So that gives you two minutes from my time. Probably gives you about three or four minutes to react. <clears throat> Rob R. Uh, why do you care about U.S. domestic politics? Don't get. Did you mean to say don't get it? Um, honestly, American politics was my entry point into politics. So I grew up completely apolitical. I mean, even as a college student, I was taking video production. I wasn't really, you know, I wasn't into politics. Um, but then I began to watch Jon Stewart, Colbert, the Young Turks, uh, began to grow an interest for it, and then began to see the impact that, you know, America has worldwide on politics. So that, I, I talked about this earlier, but that is why a Bernie presidency is so vital, not just for America. Like, if you're just living in the U.S., you really don't have the view on the impact that American politics has and American culture has worldwide. So a Bernie Sanders presidency can lead us to a potential humanitarian world. And that is something that I, uh, I'm looking forward to. And I want to be in the fight to achieve that. Um, Vib Hassam says, what's your beef with Tulsi? No one cares about impeachment, not getting anywhere in the Senate. I don't have a beef with Tulsi. Her, she has, I didn't love her flip-flopping, her weirdness on healthcare. She apparently uh, now supports more of an Australian model, which is fine, but why not just support Medicare for all? I don't get it. Um, the present vote on impeachment matters. It matters. Trump, like, it, it matters for principle. Like, everyone knows, like, we all know Trump's not going to be removed in the Senate. That isn't the point. The point is you need a certain standard for the presidency. And I know... Uh, you know, Obama did a million things. Uh, Bush did a million things to get impeached over. But you have the potential now. Like, and by the way, impeachment for Trump doesn't go anywhere. Like, I wouldn't be focusing on Ukraine and this whole call. Like, that is, the focus should be like the kids in the cages. Uh, the, there are so many, the, the, uh, the violations of the emoluments clause. Like, there are so many other things to focus impeachment on. But the point is that they have something, at least there is something that they're um, focusing on for impeachment that 100% is impeachable. So even though I don't really care about this this call to, to Ukraine, it 100% is an impeachable offense. And for you to, um, you know, play patty cakes and sit in the middle on that, I don't think it's, I don't think it's good. I don't think it's good politics. Um, I think it hurt her. And I think it hurt her ability to potentially be Bernie's VP by doing that. Because it's, it's, it's added baggage that the Bernie campaign doesn't need to defend if uh, he, or when he picks his VP. So there you go. Um, Robert Penner says, uh, Jimmy Dore mentions you at time code 148 in his video. All right, let me go there for the mention. 148. Throughout this campaign, he's consistently oh. been the most. Oh, by the way, let me just tell you this before. Uh, I was watching this show, Rational National, that David Dole guy. He's the one who got this video. Uh, and I was like, uh, uh, great job, David. I'm going to also show this video. <laughs> <laughs> so this, so in case you know. So David also does a great show. Everybody should watch the Rational National. But that's where I got this from. Okay, here we go. Watch. This is kind of awesome. awesome. How did I not like this already? There you go. Like. <laughs> awesome. Thank you, Jimmy. All right. 
And thank you for, thank you, Robert, for pointing out where that was. <clears throat> All right, it's 527, so we are past the point of no return. Let's hope you got your super chats in so I get out of here. Uh, Tisha T, you get the last super chat. Watch the Jimmy, Dore, the Jimmy Dore show with Tulsi. I thought like you did too, but Jimmy's episode swayed me. There is history and facts on why. Are you talking about the BDS aspect of it? I think I heard her argument. I did not buy it. So there you go. Um, there's, I think I heard one more comment unless that was, unless that was a super chat. All right. That's it. Perfect. Thank you all for coming. It was a two and a half hour stream. These go by so quickly. I mean, you could have watched Braveheart in this time, but you decided to watch me instead. So I really appreciate it. <laughs> uh, thanks for coming. And uh, I'll be here next week, every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern. See you.